Welcome to another episode of the Behind the Scenes series for Wonder Woman Spirit of Truth by Don't Sue Us Please. This is our last interview for Wonder Woman, and to bring things full circle, we're doing another interview with the creative team. You'll hear from our director, Kelly Johnston, our writers, Matthew Klein and John Petrie, our creative producer, Nora Barpal, and myself, Josh Wilson. We'll be finishing up our conversation that we had from the very first interview about everything we love about Wonder Woman and about creating the series. We also start to tease our next series, which will be announced soon. It's another fun interview with a lot of really crazy tangents. And as always, I will be here to provide the voiceover, narration, and skipping through that you need to be able to hold on to a conversation with the five of us. A couple quick things before we get started. As with all of our other interviews, this interview was conducted during the COVID-19 pandemic, meaning that our audio quality may not be perfect. You can find us on all social media platforms at at the superhero podcast. And finally, content like this could not be made without listeners like you supporting us on Patreon. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the superhero podcast. Enjoy the episode. it didn't seem like it would happen is because we 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 broke the script up we did the first recording uh my wife uh leslie ann who i call miss kent for my own damn reasons um miss kent worked uh works at a at a uh uh a, uh in a high rise like 25th floor of of a building like on the corner of sixth Avenue and 42nd street, but we could get in there on the weekend. And so we thought, well, this will be a great place to do the recording. It'll be comfortable. There were like, there's, you know, there's it's, it's plush. The bathrooms are nice. It's, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, we did kind of look, we did sort of look fancy. I'm not going to lie. No, we I mean did, like we, yeah. we, you know, we wanted the actors to feel taken care of cause we were paying them, but not very much. And, you know, you know, and, so we get the recording back and all the street noises bled in. Yes. Yep. So completely useless, like yep. just a whole damn day, uh, no good to anyone. Like there was nothing salvageable. So then we recorded a second time with, um, with a sound designer, same sound designer at his place. And it was a group recording and Josh, I know you've struggled with that. Like they were all in the room together, s- set up at different mics. And it took two days. It was broken up over two days, but we we got everything recorded. And that designer then couldn't do. He, he Basically, he was like, I can record the dialogue for you, but I'm not really qualified to do the sound bed. Sure. So we gave it to one designer who who made an earnest attempt and um did did a first pass on the first episode but it was way too complex in the end at the end of the day what we were asking was beyond what he could do so he he kicked it back to us we went to the original recording engineer to say hey do you know anybody else he referred us to a gentleman who had the best of intentions and never produced anything for us at all (laughs) 
Um, and, and months, like, months, uh, and months. And I months. mean, like, like had it, and like, and because Matthew and I had gotten at that point, we had been like, all right, well, we had originally sort of hoped to have something to put up when the Wonder Woman movie with Gal Gadot dropped, right? And this was way, this was like a year past that, so we were like, well, we're in no rush. Like, right. the, you know, I mean, and we had love we, drunk. We had our yeah, theatrical. We, we had we were doing. exactly. We had, we had other stuff other projects going. So, um, so this guy had had the the tape tapes, the the recordings for um, at least three, four months. And 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 eventually, like, kicked him back, saying, I'm so sorry. He had run into, like, circumstances where, like, he had to move and had lost his job. And da-da-da. so thank God he gave him back to us. So. By the time Nora, I talked to you and you brought us to Josh, we had been through three designers, two recording sessions, and it had been three years since the last recording session. And so part of the restriction was these tapes have to, or tapes, these recordings have to work because we cannot go back to yeah, these actors and say, do let's again. do it again. Yeah. Oh my um, God. And in the, even as it was, Josh, right, Josh, we found out like we had to do many recording sessions because yeah, we had to replace uh, stuff. And well, the guy playing Trevor, yeah. Uh, did you want to talk? You want to talk Josh, about? Well, his name is also Josh, Josh which is like it's yes, Josh two, Josh one, Josh eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another Josh, J J W and uh, J F. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean. Uh, shit happens like there was a short in the line for his microphone and you know every now and then like he would just be completely out of phase and eq'd all out it was bizarre because it sounded like he he literally sounded like he had a bucket on his head it was just metallic and no one else had this quality and so josh wilson would do this mix and like everything is sounding great and then josh would Uh. speak you know trevor speaks it's like why is he in a bucket what? i'd spend like a full i'd spend like a full day like in so many eqs trying to like bring his voice back and like the versions i would kick out where he was still in a bucket i'm like this is a really nice bucket like top quality <laughs> like I mean, this bucket definitely came guys, from lungs really we should have just randomly thrown in there at some point like a weird narration about how like he has this mental thing where he just he really needs a bucket He's the man in the iron mask <laughs> yeah, like, oh, <laughs> It was so great because, like, we could hide it a couple times. Like, we hit it a couple times at first. Like, uh, two of the really convenient ones were he was in first the real jet. That right. one was the worst one of all of them. Like, I can, I didn't actually process. Ooh, my dogs are going nuts. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, gavel. Oh, gavel's Good going gavel. nuts. Gavel's going. For I don't. It. I don't hear him. I know, but the this this can I saw it spike. Oh. Um, oh. Gut, but um. His dog's name is Gavel, so I call him the judge. He's Judge Gavel. Yes. Uh, nice, but nice. He, uh, so to go back, like in the jet, like I barely did anything to his voice. Like, I think we'd never redid that thing. I barely did. So like the voice of him being like in an oxygen mask and like over a comm radio, that's just, how it that was. Just, was. That's just his natural quality. That that's is just how just Josh how sounds. came out. Like being in a bucket really helped. <laughs> it, <laughs> I'm so glad he does that in real life. Well, it's convenient. And uh, like before I even sent any versions to you guys, I had passed like little sample sections around to a couple of my like audio engineering and mixing friends. And I was like, mm-hmm. guys, like I, I'm a competent mixer and like dialogue editor, but good God help. Like, <laughs> does anybody have any idea what's going on here? Um, And like all of my friends who like, 
like two or three of them that I sent them to are like very good. Mi- like I, I'm, I'm, I'm a good, okay, okay-ish good mixer. These guys are like, per, like top tier, like broadcast, like top tier mixers, and they were like, oh. uh, no, it's broken. They're like, get another recording. <laughs> yeah. Why are you bringing? Yeah, I know. Recording? They were what like, the they were like, it will. They were like, it will be so much. And I was like, it won't be so much quicker. Turns out, it was so much quicker when we redid it. Uh, well, what's funny too is that because we've been working like since the pandemic hit, thank God it is audio only that we need because we've been able to do sessions. I know you hate zoom, but we've been able to do sessions over zoom that, you know, that we can record so that we can actually um, fix those problems because uh, certainly episode uh, Matthew, you remember this episode three, there was like a, like the, the, the first final version was like, we cannot let that out. (laughs) No, no, God. But we got there. You we know, got there. You know, we lived. We learned. We but, and, and you've got so many lessons under your belt now, Josh. Oh my God. Josh and I had to re-record um, some entire roles at, at ourselves. Soldier B. Shout cameos. out to Soldier B, my first professional voiceover. Yeah, baby. Soldier my my yeah, first ever professional voiceover gig. What, what episode Soldier was that? Was that episode three or that's four? Episode that's episode three. It is episode three. Yeah. Yeah, it's the harpies fight. Yeah. He had to get of Animal Crossing because Kelly called him. I was very upset. Uh, and then I listened to it when he released the next morning, which, and I was- Because we didn't tell you I, to. <laughs> no, well, so Well, because it was a last minute. I was like, I called yeah. him up and I said, Josh, I know we're releasing tomorrow and I'm sorry. We had, because basically the, the guy, uh, Josh Fowler, the guy playing Stephen Trevor- It was totally our fault. It was, it was-, was also the voice of a soldier. Right. And we, when we re, and we, this was one of the things we re-recorded. And both Josh Wilson and I thought he had altered his voice enough that it would sound different. Sounds and in the mix, right, it yeah. was like it's exactly the same. It's just Stephen Trevor <laughs> sounding a little bit more and, scared. And the Why problem is, is suddenly also, you know, yeah, exactly. Well, and because in scene in 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 uh, the third episode, you two know that like it jumps from their fight. The soldiers are fighting the harpies to Trevor is in the cell talking to. To candy and so like and the last line of that scene is trevor or is the soldier yeah. and the first line of the next one is trevor so, so it, like, it just sounded like it was the same guy and i was like josh i'm sorry you have to i was like either you can do it or i can do it but we have to pull out the voice like yeah. and, you know and then i had to write josh fowler an email and say hey dude i am like i'm sorry to not give you a better heads up but we just better, did it now, i'm sorry yeah i mean like now on the other hand it's like we didn't take you out of trevor no. so it's not it's not like we're right. punishing you, you know? so, Stephen would- trevor is the main source of the biggest argument John and I have ever had in our friendship. Oh, go, go, <laughs> ever. Sound off. Oh, tell this story. This story. Right this, now. The, the this this project, I should say, uh, was the biggest argument he and I have ever had, personal or professional, was <laughs> yep. over Stephen Trevor. Do you recall, John? You're there nodding your head. I do, and I'm trying to figure out how to do it without any spoilers, just in case. Well, they'll they'll have listened to it. If they haven't listened to it by now, then... Spoiler alert. You know what? Hang on, hang on. We're going to all take just a brief pause and look at you condescendingly while we wait for you to go listen to the episodes. I'm going to insert a beautiful graphic right here. There's going to be a big spoiler alert. Like, we will. There it is. Like, it's happening. Go ahead. They've had the opportunity. There's no excuse now. Four episodes, it's over. Welcome back. So, um, (laughs) the the original idea for Cheetah was very different. And Matthew said, 
no, we can't do right. that. It's right. Be I rem- either this character or this character. And I said, no. And he said, well, it's got to be, it, it has to be, here's why. And I was like, okay, fine, drama, whatever. <laughs> um, but then he said, oh, you know what would be really cool if when Diana is deflecting the bullet, if it ricochets into Steve and kills him. And I said, no, 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 no. And I think I said no for maybe three minutes straight. Um, I'll, let you, I'll let you have it was three. Sure. It might've yeah. been a little bit longer. Maybe a little longer. But we'll round I, down. Yeah. yeah you know, um, that, that was 12. the biggest fight that we had and I, I and I like, made I made such an impassioned plea. I was like, "No, listen, I understand you love Trevor, but here's why we should kill him." And and, and I, I mean, yeah, uh huh. I but, fought it so much. I was like, "Think of the dramatic half for for Diana, and now moving forward, and she's she's accidentally killed the love of her life, and she didn't mean to, and the significance they'll have." I mean, I mean, it's a great origin story. It I is. feel it you. Be, it would be, and John just was so steadfast. He was just like, "No, so, so not going to." But he you're was compromised. Like, either either I die or Trevor dies. Like. Which one? Uh, so here's here's the thing <laughs> about oh, that. Whoa! Wow! <laughs> Either you or Steve Trevor is walking out alive, and I guarantee <laughs> you it's going to be Steve. Um, but here's the here's the thing with that, and I I I think maybe this was what I did not articulate eight years ago. Was the thing about Diana is she cannot come from a place of tragedy because what she's trying to do is not what she's not doing is coming from an angry place. Because if you put that tragedy in, you make her Batman, Batman adjacent. And right. that's okay. And so while there's overlap in the idea of, of you know, she, you know, mm-hmm. Diana and Bruce are the only Justice Leaguers that will fight dirty because they fight to win. Ooh, this is a rough one, listeners. Right as John and Matthew were about to get to the emotional climax of their monologue, my mom bust in yet again and ruined the moment for us. We restarted the monologue and got back to that part, and I'll drop us there now. It was, it was one of those things where, I, and I, I don't think I explained it well because I was, you I were was just, so just mad. going, no, no, no. <laughs> um, but when you, when you give her that tragedy so early on, it changes her fundamentally. Yeah, um, I buy that. And you know just for me especially with her being the cause of it it was just not a place that i was willing to go and and i'm going to say this here as we're recording and i think maybe for the first time you were right and i was wrong oh oh man steve alive wow we're, wow. we're wrapping the interview. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put yeah. out a little party Good celebration <laughs> seven years six seven years all right wait. never admitted that because I will Until say when we got That's the impressive. I when mean we it. got the um when when Josh sent the uh the first draft of the first episode, Matthew did say to me, It's not too late to kill Steve. I did. <laughs> You're damn right no! I did. You're well, damn right now, I did. Now hang on a second. I'm back, listeners, and this time with a spoiler alert. Our director Kelly Johnston spoiled both the Wonder Woman movie and our next series. So I'm gonna skip past that now. 
before we knew that it was like a fake out, what did you think? Were you mad? Were you? Um, well, I was mad and I did actually shout no in the he theater. He did. But I was there. I will, I will say this. Um, it it came from a different place for me. Um, for me, from from that portion of the movie, it was actually important because in that movie, in that telling of Wonder Woman, Diana had never seen someone die. Right. Until oh, that's a good point. Until man. that I, movie, I hadn't happened. thought about that. No, she has though. She saw her. She saw her um... until until they within the the world of the movie. Only during the world of the movie had she yeah. seen someone die. That's well, correct. That's, yes, that's actually a really interesting. That is a the movie. The movie explores in that in a very interesting way that I don't know that it hits home on the first watching. Too is like when she sees Amazons die on that island. It is her first experience with death. Up until then, it's essentially a fairy tale from the gods. Yeah, because they've um, been there what for what three thousand years uninterrupted. Her whole life, she's yeah. never had to experience loss. That is, she's never had a... to experience death, and that's... and you get to do Oof. that. And on some level, we we get to explore that a little bit here with with our story, in in that we really looked at Diana as somebody who has the purity of someone who has not necessarily had their beliefs challenged, right? Mm -hmm. The idea of deceit, the idea of betrayal, the idea of, of um, quite frankly, of, of dire consequences to her actions that are unintended. These are all yeah. things that she hasn't really had to experience much in, in our world of Don't Sue Us, Please yet. Yeah, and that was I part of the real fascinating thing just from a pure storytelling standpoint and exploring the character and how you introduce someone to that for me it was the the scene between hippolyta and trevor in the in the second the episode yeah. in the cave where she says diana has never known anything but love and i don't know that she can handle what's out there and right. it's sort of that thing of imagine how different the world would be if we only loved each other which is to us as humans is such an odd concept. And yet here is this entire island where it's like, oh, we just all love each other. We may disagree and we may be angry, but we all love each other. Well, how I think that's the that scene. Is. I think that's the scene you and I spent the most time on in the entire oh, yeah. series. See, was that cave scene. You you went back and forth because that monologue is pretty much all you. Everything Hippolyta says, as I recall, like you really crafted that. That's thing. one of it, my favorite scenes in the It's whole also series. really lovely and very human because it, it is actually in everyday experience. It is uh, it is how a parent feels about their child. Right. Like it, it's very and like what's beautiful about it, guys, is that it is like in that sense, Hippolyta is, of course, Diana, you know, Diana's mother. But. There, you know, it's on this mythological scale. They've been there isolated for 3000 years. She's only known blah, blah, blah. But the truth is, is that like you have a child and, you know, setting aside this wildly dysfunctional homes, I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but like in general, you have a child that you love and you care for and you protect. And the moment you send them out the door to no, no, not even kidding public school. They have only known, in theory, love and support and the lifting up of family, and they now have to go out the damn door and deal with the, the everyday heartbreaks of the world, 
which we all do. And that's, that's uh, like being a parent that is heartbreaking and terrifying and, and it's hard to do. That's why there are helicopter parents that hover that, you know, they, they can't. And I, I think it's lovely because while it does ring true in this fictional world, it also just rings true to anybody that has been a, a certainly from my perspective, a parent, I'm like, yeah, I know exactly what that's like. You know, I, and I, I'm not an Amazon living on the mascara. I don't want to let bad things happen to my well, children. It, and it's you why know? you can, it's why the, her anger and her fear that leads her in the final episode. Yes. Come yeah. and basically invade the United States. Like because, you understand because yeah. it's her worst nightmare as a parent has come to pass. She's watched her child be harmed. But I think that that is a particularly tricky needle to thread. Yes. And I thought you guys did a, a really masterful job of bridging the, the genuine concerns that are just human regular concerns into a world where like it doesn't it doesn't read small and it doesn't read ridiculous. It, I buy it like listening to it. I totally buy the argument. Well, that's, the, um, that's, that's always that's tremendous. That's always one of the challenges when you're dealing with something fantastical is how do you still keep it universal? Right. How do you still keep it something that is relatable, that everyone can emotionally find um, a comparison of their own lives and their own feeling and their own experiences, too? And that's it's a fun challenge when you get to play into this world. But it's also why the idea of comic books and the storytelling therein has survived for over 80 years at this point right? Because they are able to do that. It is the folklore. It is the mythology of, of, you know, modern, modern times. America. Yes, it and absolutely it's, is. And so the, the beauty of it is it's a challenge. And at the same point in time, you know, it's there because it's been going on for 80 years at this point. And it, it will be there if you let it be there. So actually I, I have a question, Josh. Yeah. Are you an, are you a nerd? Yes. Are you a fellow nerd? I am a fellow Had nerd. You, a fellow nerd, excellent. So this is the first time we're meeting, just yeah. so everybody knows. Yeah. <laughs> I'm staring at like everybody's eyes in the little things as if I'm having a conversation with you. Yeah, for some I mean, it's the way, it's it's weird. It's the yeah. way it goes. Okay, yeah. the so way good to know I'm not crazy. Were you a Wonder Woman fan? So I've, yes. Okay. Not like a, I will say before this, like I was like a pretty average standard nerd. Like I didn't, I didn't dive really deep into like that world. Like I had seen most of the DC movies, all of the Marvel movies. And like, I'd seen a couple comic, read a couple comic books here and there. And like, I'm a big nerd for a variety of things. And like, I really love this sort of world and storytelling, but I will say it really made me laugh because when, when Nora takes me along to places to meet a variety (laughs) of people, um, I never she's hella, at, she's hella good at it. She Let's is like, very good at it. Props, she's like, she's at hella it. good at it. And I I've think. Known, I, you know, this is, I've known Nora for a hot while. And like, every time I meet a new person with Nora, it's always a very different experience. And it was no different when I met you guys, when I walk into, you know, a tiny little cram diner in Midtown Manhattan uh, That'd be and- Andrew's Coffee Shop. Andrew's little coffee plus shop. for Andrews. Uh, <laughs> shout out, sponsor us. You're our favorite. We, we love you, Andrews. We do. Good prices, also, decent grub. If you live in New York and want to support a local business, definitely get a gift card from them because we love them. We do love them. Um, and we need a place to meet when we all go back to New York. We do. Damn right. Hey, you know the first place when we're all back in New York, the first place we're going to meet is... See you at Andrews. Andrews. Yes. See you at Andrews. We'll see you all at Andrews. 
Yeah. Come join us. God, but, I'm looking. For, I'm actually looking forward to that. I, I oh my god. Um, I'm, sorry, I'm looking forward to it. So when I met you two, like I meet Kelly, and he's got all of his superhero like related comic book pins on his suit lapel. Um, and Matthew, who looks exactly like he does right now, totally understand. I'm like, oh, and I was like, Kelly, you can see has got the nerd branding. And then, so I'm talking for a little bit, and Matthew just slides a stack of comic books about yay big right across the table. He's like, here you go. And I'm like, what? Okay. Yeah, baby. Okay. And like in my head, like, you know, I, I you spend so much time just like reading people when you go to all these like networking events and you're just like, who are these people? Um, and like in this capacity, like who are these people that I might be working with? I was like, I I really appreciate that. Like looping back to the question you asked way back before I was like, you know, when you just like meet like nice and good people and you just want to do a cool thing, like that's mm-hmm. kind of how this started. Like not only really did, is. not only yep. did I like really like the concept of a cinematic adventure for your ears. Um, and I read the. You, you know what? You don't need to put quotes around my. No, brain. no, 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 no. We love this phrase. That, that's it's not great. disparaging. No, it's this great. This is really like. Uh, boom. No, it was a it was a chance to use my my voice actor, my VO voice. Um, <laughs> Soldier and 2. Resurrection. Soldier B. Soldier, 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 Soldier B. Soldier B. Soldier B cameo. <laughs> Soldier B. Is now Soldier B has to be in everything we ever Oh, yeah. Do. Every, like just in the background somewhere. Hold on. It was at this moment, listeners, that Nora's dog threw a tantrum. And we had to wait for that to end so she could come back to the recording. I'm going to start us when she got back. Right. So I am looping all the way back around. Like, I wasn't like the world's biggest nerd. Um, but I was pretty. He was just not for Wonder Woman. Yeah, I'm nerdy about plenty of things, but I will say, as I have progressed through um, working on high budget fan fiction, and um, for not only Wonder Woman, but the next couple of series that we got planned, dive so far oh, in, and the God. research like, that I've had to do, I'll tell you one, what. The third one is so damn obscure. <laughs> It really is. No, I guess not anymore. Since the Checkmate uh, story arc in DC, it's it's better known. But this is going all the way back to its roots. Yeah, we're, like, we're this, pretty far back. That. But yeah. so like we're we're doing some deep cuts on the. Oh yes, season. we are. Uh, <laughs> we really are. Peter, are we sharing what season? No, I was no 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 no. We're just it's, we were just saying gonna, I was just saying that thing. like based on what I have like what the we research that I've been having to do, um, and the fact that you know I'm working on all that stuff now, like I you gotta. You got to be a nerd for that stuff, you know. You got to know, and like, I am. Really we could tease there. a creator of it. We could tease. We could tease who one of the creators were. That'll that'll generate some interest. You mean Miss? You want to tease who one of the creators? I'm I'm, I'm deferring to Ma- Matthew. Knows better than I do about where the line of what is okay to say and is not. So I defer to him. I mean, if if you're posing a question to me, you're welcome to answer it. Go ahead. Uh, I'm saying that that the third season, one of the creators, is my understanding of of the subject for a third season, is the king of comics, Mr. Jack Kirby. That's true. We are going into some Kirby verse there. Yeah, and that that for anybody that knows comics, that is it. Like I would perk up instantly. Like really, that's intriguing because Kirby was great and did some funky ass shit. Well, I think that's really cool too that we are we're showcasing. You know, you have your bigger name superheroes with somebody like Wonder Woman, but and then even even in our audio, like even in the advertisements, we have the Flash with Booster Gold. But then, you know, you're going to get into like the second series is is someone that 
you know i had B- no idea. I'd never heard of a B- b-lister solid right, b-lister you know, is is is, is See, a but, lesser known but we but john found a phenomenal story oh, for this character out so of his good passion and his so fan, so which good. is exactly what fanfic is yeah and that's that's the so i have a so- oh, and and actually on that part of the charm of this and and we didn't mention it before but when matthew uh when i when when i came to back to matthew and said hey what about a podcast of this and then we started talking about what would a podcast look like one of the things that we determined early on was one big name superhero like originally we weren't thinking of the of the story arcs as seasons we were thinking of them joined to get like sure. six story arcs being a season. Yeah. But in that light, like one big superhero that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. And then the other five are much more obscure characters from the same universe that are great. And, and either they haven't gotten a chance to, to show up in the spotlight or they're just not very well known. And I personally love that idea of, it's kind of like this is the video gamer in me nerd thing um way back in the dark ages so nora no joke you and and you josh are not probably going to understand what i'm talking about do you matthew and it's, john it's you guys, not an unusual occurrence do you, ever listen it's not unusual for anyone to not understand what i'm talking about um do you guys remember mist the video game yeah nope. myst all right nope it was a it was one of the early computer games where you were problem solving and it was like a very rich virtual world and you were like exploring these different regions and the bummer of the game is that once you worked through to the end while you could still go back to places it was places that you'd been you couldn't actually explore these hints of a bigger universe that were implied but not there and so one of the reasons i love the idea of using lesser known characters is it's a way of exploring a a universe in ways like it's just areas that haven't been looked at yet and i love that that's that's part of the goal here you know that brings me to a question are you guys considering writing original characters ever within these worlds i think it's always up for discussion yeah um Certainly, we would not use the because again, this is fan fiction and it's dealing with the DC universe. We would never write a new character within that universe because I'm certain that that bridges that's yeah. over over what's appropriate. But in terms of creating like our own universe, like trying something like that out, we we have we've talked about it. I mean, not not with any kind of seriousness, not like not like you know, not like actually dream up characters, but there's. We have considered it. We have, I just, we have you know, had to throw out the question. That's, you know, I, I am the host. So I had to ask. Um, <laughs> no, yes. I'm a big fan of the question. I yes, I, I know you. I was hoping you'd pick oh that God, up. We brought, uh, so I think I have so, our, oh, Nora, if you have one, go ahead. I was going to jump to another question. Uh, I was going to ask, are you guys, I think I know John's answer, but uh, would you say you are a Superman or a Wonder Woman? Um, I would Wonder Woman all the way. Um, I figured, I figured as much. I want to say, or I guess was... I'll throw in a Batman for you guys as well. We all know John's answer. Definitely a Wonder yeah. Woman. Uh, of course. I think I think John is secretly Wonder Woman. He, it's he, not he a just, secret. It, yeah, you know, he just is. He just is. <laughs> I'll admit, I've done the Linda Carter spin on more than one occasion, hoping for. <laughs> 
One day. All one right, day, John. So if uh. you're Wonder Woman, John, are you are you like Wonder Woman who is interested in Superman or Wonder Woman who's interested in Batman? Because that's the way that's the way they tend to. to Wonder Woman to who's interested in Steve. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. of course. What am I thinking? Yeah, Trevor. Yeah, you're you're Trevor all the way. God, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Let's yeah. See. As much as I love um, the sort of fanficking of the shipping of Wonder Woman and Batman, I think there's something about there's something about the sort of beauty of Steve or Lois to use the Superman example, not really understanding what the other person is going through because mm-hmm. it makes the relationship so much more fragile and so much stronger at the same time. And it's so um, pure almost. Okay. Like yeah. a purity to it that just is different. That's a good answer, yeah. man. So, He's full of those. Well, yeah, he really is. Um, okay, I'm sorry. Kelly and, and Matthew, you guys, and and Josh, it's Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Mine's easy. It's, uh, I'm Batman. Where's Rachel? Yeah. I agree. Where are the drugs? Where are they going? <laughs> I'm very specifically Christian Bale's Batman. Wait a me. <laughs> yeah. Like very specifically, like his vocal cords went into a blender. Like <laughs> I, 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 I actually wonder how he didn't ruin his, his speaking. It's voice. like Bruce Springsteen. Like how is he still <laughs> like, you know, same thing. Like, yeah. Vocal technique. I mean, I can only, ju- I can only go Rachel like three times in a day before it's gone. <laughs> Like it's okay. okay she well, didn't even make it exactly. after she the did second it. movie. God, and so like this, so like the Dark Knight is like one of my favorite movies of all time. Like love it to death, and I get so mad every time because I'm just like, why, why, why? We we built this up. We changed the Rachel See, John, actress. This is the reaction we could have had if we killed Trevor in episode. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> No, no. What no. Josh is going through right now, we could have inspired emotional that. Emotional, you want to put me through emotional turmoil? I think that the answer, yes. yeah, the answer is yes. For Matthew, it is always yes. So go yeah. ahead, Kel. Yeah, Who, Kel. Are you are you Wonder Woman, Superman, or Batman? I, so I'm clear on the question. Am I saying me, or am I saying who do I, who am I into? You. Who are you? You. Who are you? Oh, oh! You could have yeah. jumped into Lame Is. Oh, it would have been I'm, so good. So I'm, good. Who am I? Transition. Who am I? There we uh, go. Now we get copyright struck. There it is. There you go. Finally, uh, super Superman. Lame Is got us. Oh, nice. You're super. I, I was gonna say you are super. Yeah, yeah I, I, I like. I, I dig Batman. I have dig. I have been a fan of Batman for a very, very long time. Like way before it was cool. But, um, Superman is. Superman, I think, for me, is not unlike what Wonder Woman is for John, in, in that I, I think that, that the iterations of Superman that I resonate to the most are he is hope personified. Like, And I know that they lean into it hard now with the whole the symbol means hope. But before that, like when I was a kid, uh, the Christopher Reeve film came out. And the tagline for that movie was, you'll believe a man can fly. And for the time, like it was, it was pretty impressive special effects, but there's a moment early on when he first takes flight as Superman in Metropolis, where he helps a girl get a cat out of a tree. Um, you've seen the movie. I'm sure you remember it. And, and at the same time, he's foiling like crime. And I'm like, yeah, that's Superman. 
that's Superman, right? Superman can't fix everything, right? But Superman is there regardless of what the problem is trying to trying to help trying to make trying to make things a little better you know and, and when you look at some of this the outlying stories that dc's done like um uh red sun uh where he yeah. he, he ends up landing in soviet russia rather than in kansas and so of course he grows up a communist Second yeah, best it's, superman story of all time oh my god it's so good um what's the first all-star superman all-star superman is pretty great it also well, ends in I, such a visual set that such a great visual of him in the sun. Well, no, and it, it, for for me, sorry guys, this is the tangent, but um, no. To to your point, what All Star Superman illustrates is there is no problem too small. You know, the, the right. moment that everybody talks about, and John, you've been in the room at Valiant's offices when we talked about this, is when he stops because he sees a, a young girl. Who looks like she's about to jump off? Of jump the off the break. Take her own life, and and, and he and stops, he... hugs her, and says, "Everything's going to be okay." And <sighs> she believes him, and that that moment is the single greatest moment in the history of that character's publication. It's not him fighting a big monster. It's about hope, and it's about every life matters, every problem matters. Yeah, and you yeah. will be okay. Yeah, it, it blows me away. It's also yeah. why I get so damn angry at Man of Steel because <laughs> it, it, it uh, doesn't kill, doesn't kill. Oh, my God, doesn't kill. He's killed a bunch of times. Let's be very clear. Yeah. Like Batman, who has killed many, many. many. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, he, you know, he, also interesting enough, Batman, who never uses guns, except for when it like is absolutely useful and then does, in fact, use guns. He, he doesn't yeah. use guns until he does. It's like. Yeah, I mean, you know, but like, but, but even so, at least in the iteration of Man of Steel, it's like there are so many better solutions than that, that like I just got angry because it was unnecessarily dark. Like, sure. that's the other thing is if Batman represents the dark psyche of DC, then Superman is 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 hope. That's why Metropolis is shiny and and looks clean all the time. And Gotham never does. Is there these contrasts? Well, they, they shut down the city from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. to make sure everything gets a good. Well, time. you got to get that. You you want the Rona out. Yeah, Matthew. it's very important. You do. Cleanliness <laughs> and sanitation. Wait, so you so know Matthew, Metropolis doesn't have coronavirus in it. So, There's just no, no way. Because Superman happen. sucked it up all in oh, one breath and blew it into space. Boom. Absolutely. Done. That's Their a solution. Hygiene right. is way too good. So Matthew. WWBMSM. Please. Say um, I I tend not to ever ever think of myself with these characters because they are so cool and I'm not. But um, uh, I want to be Batman, right? Like that's that's kind of it. I don't actually think I am Batman. I'm just not handy enough in any way, shape, or form. Nature will kill me. Like it's just I'm not Batman. Nature really does. Nature have is out after it's, you. Yeah. It's yeah. out to get me. Scary. So I think, I actually think probably the closest I am um, is probably Superman. Um, I would agree with that. But more than anything else, the closest I am is probably Clark Kent. Like that's even, even more so than Superman. Wow. That's... And, and I will say that because it, and it's not for me. I, I've been told multiple times, as Josh is actually illustrating an example, 
that uh, I, I'm unassuming and unexpected in some of the things that I do and say and, and the values I have or the, and the nerdums I have. So yeah, for that reason, but, uh, but I seem to be considered a reasonably decent human being on top of it. So, so probably Clark Kent slash Superman. I just realized it, Clark Kent, I didn't get the glasses memo that all of us are wearing glasses. I missed yeah, the memo. Yeah. Nice. Nice, Josh. Uh, Batman doesn't wear glasses. For, for the record, though, if I were going to if I were going to say like actual who we are, because that was that was a narrow field. Matthew, if you're not the question and God knows, I think you probably would be um, <laughs> my anger I, issues. Sure. <laughs> oh, just th- that and that and like, you know, the, the ability to, to appear and like, I happen to think the question is very freaking cool. Um, John, you're Wonder Woman. I don't even know why we need to talk about it. Yeah. Like done. Uh, done. I, I think, Josh, you're um, you're Green Lantern, but you're Kyle. Um, you're Kyle Rayner. He's yeah. Kyle Rayner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. Um, figure that and and Nora's Nor- Oracle. Yes, exactly. Nora's Oracle. Nora is absolutely Oracle. And Nora, I am, we, we will get you a reading list. I promise. Yeah. We, yeah. We'll, we'll it's not an insult. It's actually yeah, it's actually yeah, a lovely compliment. It's great. Um, Birds of prey. We'll get and, the Gail Simone oh run. Right, John. Like we'll we'll make this happen. And and if for myself, I'm I'm plastic man. <laughs> That's why I always get you plastic man comics. I, I appreciate that. Oh, you can. I love Plaz. I think Plaz is like one of the most interesting characters. That has not really been given any kind of a a, a reboot. Well, that, maybe maybe season six. Oh God, yes. Oh yes. Anyway, um, um so I, I'm gonna throw a little button in here. Um, you know what I what I love about the fact that in the next sort of seasons we play with minor characters. Um, I was at a Comic Con. I shocking. Um, and I was getting. <laughs> Say it's Please not tell so. Me, tell me it's you not like our job or anything. as Wonder Woman, though. That okay. would make my life better. So here's the thing. He cosplays there as is, She-Hulk. Don't, there is don't, a, don't. There is a reverence I have for Wonder Woman that I cannot cosplay as her. Okay, that's fair. That's um, really fair. But I generally, I have, I literally have a Wonder Woman t-shirt for every day of the week and then some. So yeah. for each day of the convention, I'll wear a different Wonder Woman shirt. Perfect. I love um, that about I've, you. I've yeah, man. Firsthand. But I was getting something signed by Greg Rocco, who's one of my favorite writers and one of oh, my sure. favorite Wonder Woman writers. And um, I was actually getting a book that he had written that had the question in it. It was a question in Huntress. And he, I was talking to him about Wonder Woman, and he's just a brilliant writer. And he, was say, he said, um, oh... You know, I'm surprised that you like Diana and the Huntress. And I said, you know, here's the thing. Wonder Woman is who everybody wants to be, but the Huntress is who you are in reality, where you're so prone to mistakes. So I think that that question about like, are you a Superman? Are you a Wonder Woman? Are you a Batman? Those mm-hmm. are who people want to be, but they're really those B and C list characters that are like the deep dives and the sure. Easter eggs and and all of that, because they're the characters who are really allowed to live in this sort of weird, morally gray and very mistake-ridden lives. That it's one of those like this is Superman's world, and we're all living in it. And like right. a little bit. Well, and the beauty of it too is that one of the things I'm so excited about it is that every character is someone's favorite character. Yeah. Right? There is yeah. somebody out there that, that loves them that absolutely adores them. Like Plastic Man for you, Cal. Like that's not a mainstream mass all. appeal yeah. character, right? Um, who we're doing season two. John, that's not a 
mainstream necessarily mass but, appeal, although but guaranteed, so, so oh, but there's rem- someone out there that it is their favorite character. Booster Gold is someone's absolute favorite character. And you never see references Nemesis. to stuff like that. You don't although, often. Although God knows it would be great to get a, a Booster Gold, uh, Ted Cord Blue Beetle, like Buddy like buddy Talk. script never Cause, say cause, never because those two universe I, I happen to think that those like individually i could take or leave them but when they're together i always find them utterly fascinatingly funny and effective like they actually they actually somehow make it work you know what i mean like so i've, wow. I've got a question i've got a question because i know we've been running wrong right now, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i, I go. feel like Nora's about to wrap us up as as she oh, is very yeah, good I, have, I have one more question when you guys oh, are all done before. Well, no, no, my, when you're done, mine's a wrap up. My okay. my question is: so we've all been working on this project. Some of us for six, seven years. Some of us for four or five years. Some of us for a year. Of of what has been created, do you have a favorite moment from Wonder Woman's Spirit of Truth? And so I'm going to start. Yeah, start with us off. Kelly. Oh. Showrunner. He's seen the whole universe. So I, I actually have to think about like like part of it is I'm thinking about some of the outtakes that Josh and I did not share with any of you. Although that we did have a plan, uh Matthew, to put these terrible takes in. And let you hear them. And actually, the way we were going to do it, because I knew you wouldn't buy it if it came from me, is that Josh was going to come to you and be like, Matthew, I think that this works, but Kel doesn't like it. Tell me what you think. And it was going to be like the worst take ever. We, we egged this- Josh Fowler on to do like this really like wimpy, like he really bled, like we really, <laughs> we really got him going on this really wimpy, like shaky voice for... Uh, yeah it was like uh, i was like we're gonna put it in and then force you to have to tell josh that you didn't like it without alienating yeah it was like bullets are passing oh god i i would be so good at that that's fine but i was but i was actually like i was like what will happen josh is you will call him up and he'll be very diplomatic and not a minute later my phone will ring and he will say what the hell is going on why is he giving me this terrible take john you've never experienced anything like that with me right (laughs) from our day job ever not at all um not in the least favorite moment moment for me out of the entire script is um, not a script just the, the series of what no what, i mean what, like what the, well yeah. actually okay out of the entire series honestly it's um it's the booster gold commercial really? I, really I i think that that is i think i want to be clear i think the entire story arc is amazing josh i think you did great work guys i think it's a lovely script i think the actors bring it all over the place that's soda cola right but the soda, soda cola, cola yeah. commercial with um Gabe. With, with yeah Gabe. with Gabe playing Booster Gold. He brought it. Gabe, Gabe, who I don't think knows anything about Booster Gold. Nothing. Completely nothing. like that's but I heard it and I went, that's fucking Booster Gold. And it's so mu- Booster Gold to know nothing about Booster Gold. Right. Yeah. And, so, and with the music that you put on it, Josh, I'm like, it's exactly the way that commercial the sounds in the booster in the back. gold. Like, completely 100% right on the damn money. Oh, it's no, perfect. I, I had somebody oh. ask about where Big Belly Burger is. Thanks, Josh. Yes! You know. 
Like, we're gonna get some hate mail about Dude, the Wayne. The Wayne ad, like the my, Wayne ad. We're gonna get some my hate. wife. My wife actually felt it was in bad taste because and of what was. My girlfriend loved it. So. And, and, and what I said is, my response was, you know what? It, 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 I can see the argument of it's in bad taste in this moment, but this is not the moment that this is going to be in three, four, five years from now, and it won't have the same resonance that it has. I asked moments. you guys repeatedly. It is hysterical to change stock music it. in the back. No, 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 no. It did exactly what we wanted to do, Matthew. It's like it just, no. it just. Anyway, that's I my favorite that. moment. I'm gonna throw it to Josh. So I have, I have a couple. Like favorite, yep. like story moment is probably in the second episode on the beach when. Like the crystal changes and then Artemis betrays everybody. <laughs> yeah. Like there's there's so many things. There's like harp music, there's dad rock, there's and then there's like this crazy betrayal scene where everybody's shouting at each other and then they just like whip away in a crystal jet. It's so wild that like it's like the only time where we hit like a cartoonish level of like whipping around. Um <laughs> and you then, did it very well, Josh. Yeah, you. it and, sounds great. My favorite moment, it's a slight anecdote, but I will make it quick, is my favorite like technical moment was the harpies. Because like, so when we were doing, talking about like how to make the sounds for this, you guys weren't particularly specific or like very, um, demanding is not the right word. Specific is the right word for like exactly what you wanted for the sounds. Like you would say, we want a door opening and it should... You should walk in and this is where you are. But it wasn't like we want this door opening. It is this year, this specific spec. They're coming from this direction and doing it was nothing mm-hmm. like that, you know. Um, but when we were discussing the harpies, Kel, you were very specific because you were like, I just imagine <laughs> they're flying. They've got these huge wings um, and these big feathery wings and like it's bouncing off their like metal art. It's all of these like and there's bullets flying in every direction. So I think the longest time it's ever taken me for something in the series was to get the harpy wings. It took me about a week because I kept trying. <laughs> they're God. they're really pronounced. Well, Can I tell are. you? Like, they're so great. Well, and I, because I was sitting there and I was like, how the hell am I going to get harpy wings? So, so I tried a million different things. Like, I look like a moron when I'm recording things. Like, I'm like waving around baking trays and like brooms with holes in it videos and images and text messages yeah Yeah. so i I just look like a moron when i'm doing this sort of stuff which is fine i I accept that um but i couldn't get the sound of it right and so like i was just because i was like how do you i was like these harpies in my mind are like seven or eight feet tall they're looming their wings are like 12 feet wide like and you just need the sound of like air going past you you know like as they're flying their wings and they just need to be scary and I couldn't get it. And I, you know, one night I went out to, went out one night with a couple friends to the bar down, like down by NYU and we were sitting and I was asking them and they're all sound designer, musician people. I was like, how do you get the sound of giant wings? And we sat there and we brainstormed over like a beer of, no, nobody had any idea. So I get home, right? <laughs> I am angry at this point. Like, this is like, we're like on day six of trying to make these damn wings. I am so upset. Um, and I get home and I go to make my bed, I grab the bed sheets and I whip the bed sheets to like, you know, make them lay, make yeah, them yeah. lay nicely across. And it goes, of he course. called me. I called That's he exactly called me. the sound. The I was moment going to you say, say like, what, how, how were you like communicating this on text to, so, to Nora? So then point? imagine. I think he picked 
picks up his phone and he's like, oh my god. So then imagine me, the next morning, takes every piece of fabric in my apartment, lays (laughs) it out in my living room, and spends about two to three hours at different velocities and strengths just whipping (laughs) sheets around for like three hours. Like comforters, sheets, a second comforter, towels, shower curtains, um, like dish rags, like of every size and variety. And then fi- like compiling all of those sounds and going through them for a whole day. And finally I heard it and I was just like, if I have made any sounds in this whole thing, it's these damn wings. And wow. that, is my, that is my pinnacle. And then also like I got really emotional a couple weeks ago when I finished, um, it's, it's in the final fight scene. Uh, like the orchestra really like starts to scream in. It's like spoiler alert. Uh, when Diana gets back up, I basically took the, I took the main theme, the Diana theme that I wrote mm-hmm. at the beginning, which is the intro and outro, which will be the me- the music that you hear at the beginning and the end of this. Um, and I slowed it down to like quarter time. Uh, and just it, with all of the brass and it just punches you in the face as she gets back yeah. up. And I it's noticed that wild. I noticed that. Like if you know it, it's like an actual emotional moment, not just because I'm like, Oh my God, I'm finally finishing this damn series. <laughs> also like, this is such a big moment and it's finally. We also got into an argument about this. About what? Which part? About this moment, the brass. Oh yeah, we did. Because I said the French horn is the best instrument for this moment. Uh, I got very angry, Kelly. You should have been there. I'm sure you did. It's a, it's a Hans Zimmer level of French horns. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And that's, yes, it is. It's pretty awesome. See, I wish I'd known that, Josh, because I would have then put a note in saying, Josh, cut the wings. Sounds too much like sheets. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just to fuck with you. Now that everybody knows what it is and they hear it when you go back, you're like, oh, it's just this idiot in his Brooklyn apartment. (laughs) No, you know what? I I guarantee you, you have to really be concentrating on this because in the moment, they really do sound exactly the way you expect those wings to sound. Just remember, Josh. You nailed it. Two idiots in their parents' home created superman so don't you worry <laughs> this is yeah. true this I is feel true like, i feel like that statement though just rings so true to to josh and my input on this whole thing is just like a couple of idiots and this him in his brooklyn apartment me in my manhattan one and just like a couple of idiots in college like not from where we're sitting and then we yeah, made really. a thing, we made a thing. Wait, hang on so, so john now, we gotta go. now it's john's turn john's turn um I think probably my favorite are um, any conversation between Diana and Steve, because there's something that's very sort of delicate and challenging and lovely about watching the two of them, about hearing the two of them discover what, what, the, what each other's world actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe the end of season, at uh, the end of season, the end of episode one, and then the scene in episode three in his apartment. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's something the ones, that's yeah. really sort of beautiful and delicate about this. We had a lot of did. fun. We had a lot of fun with Diana and Steve. Those, yeah. They're great that was our Gilmore girls. Yeah. Part. It's like, that's really where we, we got into the banter and we really and, got to play. And Liz and Josh, the actors that that played Diana and Trevor, respectively, uh, nail it. 
they're great. Like they they do. I, I I and this is this is the best compliment I can give her. But now when I read a Wonder Woman comic, I sometimes get Liz Kelly's voice. In That's my a hell of a compliment. Oh, yeah. I really do. I really do get her voice. She, in my she will be so stoked to hear that. John, she I'm actually hear it. Did you did you like the theme that I did? Not only I mean Diana theme, which is like the main theme, um, but also the Diana and Trevor theme. Yeah, because it like oh yeah it pushes through. Did you like that one? It's lovely, very yeah. much. It's the yes. only one. So in all of its appearances, except for the very end, yeah, the very end of the fourth episode, it is all live musicians. Really? It's the only one. So like I'm playing guitar on it and then uh, my old undergrad college roommate is playing flute. She's a beautiful flute player. Um, and then my other close friend played marimba on it. And then so all of the other versions of it, like so the first version is what we recorded in person. Mm-hmm. And then I asked them to do a bunch of variations of just like ad lib stuff. And all of those ad lib stuff got cut into the as that theme evolves to like the final scene it takes all of those and it stacks them. So if you listen, it just, Oh wow. It evolves. Okay. I tried to stack it with their, like as the relationship grew, like the orchestration of it also changed. That's, I wonder what you thought. Of that's it. really cool. Yeah. I, I, um, the music is so beautifully mood setting and I don't, I don't know any, I don't know anything about music beyond like playing trombone for like a year. Um, can't, I don't have that vocabulary, yeah. but when I hear it, I'm like, oh, this is, this, this, this is perfectly fitting. This is the sweater that you find that like, <laughs> oh, this is the most comfortable thing that I own. And this is why, because it fits me perfectly. That that's the music. That's nice. Cool. I like that. Okay. Matthew, right. your favorite. Mr. Klein. Um, I have two. Um, one is uh, the first scene of episode two, uh, Hippolyta and Diana in their in their argument. Nice, um, yeah. I they I, the actors just absolutely brought it. They did, you know, for for that one. It's one of the, it's one of those things. Like I remember John and I writing. I was like, oh, this this could be really good. It's it's like a, usually I'm very self deprecating and I hate my writing as as Kelly and John will attest to that tremendously. Um, but this was, that was one of those few times I gave myself permission to be like, no, this could be really good. This could be really good. And then I listened to it and it was really good. And, um, and again, Liz Kelly and, uh, Heidi Armbruster and Heidi like, they, uh, they, bringing it, man. They, they like, really, oh. they bring yeah. the, I mean, that's some, they're throwing some bombs at each other. Yeah, man. And it's, and just, it's, it's heated. Like it's, it's not, heated. it, yeah. it, it, it doesn't feel. Hippolyta? Sorry. Is it Jess also? Jess no, also uh, no, not just Heidi. Oh, Heidi, Heidi plays. Heidi plays both Hippolyta as well as Philippus. That's right. Um, and she does a great job of, of I, I listen, I specifically listen for that the same way I did for other stuff. And like, to her credit, I actually don't feel like Heidi, Heidi's Philippus sounds anything like Heidi's no, Hippolyta. Like they're two different characters. It's really good. And then Sorry. The, I, the, Maggie, other, I the other thing for me is, uh, is Waller. Anytime Paul uh, Waller, anytime I hear Paula that voice, Galloway, like, like how, like, and that voice, I have never the met moment, you, what a legend, <laughs> the moment I read this and we talked about a podcast, cause I had met Paula uh, on working on something else. And I was instantly like, that's our Waller. Like I oh, knew yeah. she, like she is like, you know, there's some there's some brilliant casting kelly in this thing and and paula galloway as amanda waller is about as top notch as it will ever get i have gotten more people like texting me about 
Who did you get to play Amanda right? Waller? She's because it's like yes, that's exactly what but Amanda that, Waller sounds that, like. Yeah, that first scene, that first scene of her interrogating Diana in episode two, yeah. and when she runs down the whole Shakespeare in a Park kind of thing, yeah. it's just like I think I'm my favorite—that's like, it. I, I will replay that every now and then. My favorite like, bit in that is when she has the box brought in and opened in front of Diana yeah. with the kryptonite, and Diana's like, "Well, this is lovely, is it, Jade?" And she's like, "How you feeling?" You know. <laughs> Honorable, honorable yeah. mention though goes to Etta Candy's uh, intro scene for me. Um, okay, I just, thought, I just think Sarah I love Bonner. Etta. I fell in love with Etta during this entire process. Like I just think Etta's the coolest gal. But also, Chris's Aries is insane. I was going to say, and Chris, like... Chris McFarland, the Aries. Like I know we put a, a an effect on the voice, but the he's the bass performance alone is he's amazing. Yeah, he's like terrifying. he's so good. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think yeah. I told you we ran into problems when we were first, when I was first designing it, because we had a couple ideas for how we were going to do Aries's voice, but he does such a like a dynamic performance with his voice and like the pitch, like he's really performing it that I wanted to do like a robotic sort of like monotone, like really creepy thing. And See, now he tells that, but that's not true. What Josh wanted is, you remember Princess Bride, the clergyman? Malage. <laughs> that's what he wanted for Aries through the whole damn yeah, thing. Yeah, that's it. And I was like, that's not going to work. Uh-huh. That's Josh. exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you really need to meet really my champion. Yeah. You need to go back to some, some Greek mythology yeah. there. You know, oh, you're man. kind of lacking the mythology portion of this. But True. I will say that. So his voice was so, his performance was just so dynamic and it was so cool that, like, when we took this different approach and, like, pitched his voice way down and, like, it's doubled um, in a weird way. It is so, like, creepy. And, like, the bass performance anyways. Like, I mean, I was like, I feel like on Patreon, we should just put his bass, bass performance on there. I'll just send it to Andrea. Um, along with my outtakes for my ads. Like, um, Those are my favorite. Like. <laughs> yeah, listen, you go, shit, that's not, oh, fuck. Yeah, that's yeah. always fascinating. Yep. Um, Nora, Nora what's we your... got to turn it on Nora, yeah. Yeah, what's your favorite Nora's moment, Nora? Um... I think it's so different for me because I'm not one of the content creators uh, out of the five of us. I'm the only person that doesn't actually work on the like physical or, you know, non-physical episodes themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is a real, I hearing you guys talk about everything. It's a very different experience to be part of the team, but not really in a sense. Um, but for me, it's been a huge part of it is just watching you guys work, which is so cheesy, but like, being on this side of like the receiving emails where you guys are like, Oh, we just, we got it. Um, and Josh's text messages are just so great. My favorite one ever was kind of right at the beginning of all of this. We had started, he, he had really started working on it. Um, and I mean, you gotta, you gotta remember, I've known Josh since his freshman year of college. So like little tiny baby Josh. Who looked um, so like four years. So yeah. like six minutes. Yeah. It was like, yeah, yeah. six minutes. Uh, no, we've known each other like six years now. Almost. Yeah, six years. Uh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So uh, like tiny baby Josh, I had no idea what he was going to do when he grew up. Uh, all, just clarinet Josh uh, all the way to now. So I remember getting this text message from him or, or like a series of Snapchats or something about these, this thing that he was making for it. I don't even remember what part this ended up in, but he's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So I'm just like sitting in my apartment banging these pots and pans together. And at some point I have a very serious thought where I'm like, it's all in the technique. 
And then I realized I was banging pots and pans together and someone's paying me for this shit. And I was just This like, is a real thing that happens. I was like, I have said to myself a couple times, like when I was like making the sounds of a sword fight and I'm banging pans together and I was like- That's what it was. Yeah, I was like, no, you see, if you hit it at this angle versus this, it's different. It's a technical thing. Like it's based on your technique. Oh and yeah. Then you, go, then you hit your pans together. You sit there, you go, yeah. And then you go, I'm an idiot. God, your parents are going to listen to this podcast and be like, what? What? He's doing what? Yeah. Uh, my neighbor. Oh, well, I, yeah. My neighbors know what I do and they're confused about it. Like, yeah, you got to remember, this is all taking place uh, for those of those people listening and watching this. Uh, we all are New York uh, people uh, originally before, you know, uh, we are all now in our separate places yes. before the Rona uh, and New York apartments are very Pre-Rona. close together. Uh, and you can like see people and in, in the windows like across the the alleys so like people can see and hear josh doing this um which i just think makes the story that much better. better and that yeah. was yeah. that was one of my favorite uh moments in watching josh's kind of career progress from like freshman <laughs> josh which i have videos which i've sent you guys she does. just sitting there and being like i don't know what i'm doing basically freshman year uh all the way to now where then he's texting me about banging pots and mans together with technique and i just and getting paid to do it and getting paid to do it and <laughs> i just, love it i'm so proud but also horrified uh listeners this was a long tangent about all of us thinking that nora is the podcast mom it went on for too long and i'm gonna save you the trauma of listening to so, it i have Two parts to this. Um, how has our relationship as a team evolved throughout this? And what lessons are you guys going to take going into the next season? I'll, I'll take it. I'll go first on this one. Um, well, it, it's been really fascinating. Because um, John and I really, we, we were the, the first kind of relay um, Leg, leg of the relay. I lost the metaphor. Sorry, yep, I'm not a good hot. writer. No, le- leg um, of the relay. You, you got it. Run it. Run it home. Running, running. There's a relay. There are legs involved. It's Throw it up. Something. Three points. We've been We're recording for two hours. Yes. Like, Thank really, you. just get it going. Yeah. Sports. But <laughs> it's Sports. it's been amazing, and and you experience this, you know, in in collaborative processes, and I, I feel like we all have on some level where you start with an idea. And it's an idea that you have and you don't tell anybody yet. And then you finally get to share it with someone. And that was me and John. And then suddenly you get to bring in somebody like Kelly and you have that idea change and evolve. And sometimes it's formats, sometimes it's mediums, sometimes it's entire stories and where you go. And then it starts to grow and it's getting bigger than you ever thought it was going to be. And then you bring someone in like Nora who goes, oh my God, I see potential in this in ways that you haven't thought of yet. And now it gets even more real and it changes. And it's not your baby anymore it's our baby and then you bring in josh who takes it to a whole different level and brings a whole new voice and to watch that evolution is incredibly special and i'm so grateful for it and it's it's amazing to to start completely alone and then to watch a team grow out of this and everybody takes ownership for a piece of this and everyone is invested and everyone believes in it and everyone thinks it's a project and a story worth telling. And that's really lovely. And to, to have that bond and to grow that bond, I think that's really been, you know, the coolest thing. And just the, the, the lessons I've taken from this is to be more specific for Josh um, in writing sound effects, for sure, and locations. 
Um, I like the way and, you did before, and also, yeah. well, sorry, I said I like it, but either way, but yeah, either way, you you <laughs> you swing either which way. I do, but um, yep, there it is. That's what and it is. Then, there yeah, it is yeah, on the internet, it, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Yep. That's forever. Take it out of context. Go. <laughs> take it out of context. <laughs> Everything's out of context. All sound bites are out of context. Yep. And then you know the other lessons too is is kind of you know you make mistakes. And, and it's, it's funny. I, I'm a big believer that we all kind of at some point have to relearn the same lessons in your life, just in different ways and different formats. And in, for me, uh, you know, one of the things that I learned and that I take away is kind of how to say, okay, I don't think this is going to work, but I trust that John is going to help me get it there. And I trust that Kelly's going to help me get it there. And I trust that Josh and you know, are going to help me get it there. And so it's learning that trust. Um, and getting that shorthand from it that I'm really excited of how we put it into use going forward because it's just going to lead to bigger and better and cooler things and probably quicker as well. I think for me, it's interesting since um, as we've hit on a couple times, I am the newest and youngest member of the team. Um, and so when I got brought on for this, you know, it was very much like, you know, we need a sound designer, sound guru person. We originally, we didn't even talk about music in our first meeting. No, no we didn't. We, didn't. Um, we just talked about the sound design, which was originally what I was going to do. So like when I was reading the scripts and when I first met you guys, I very much interpreted this, you know, as like a, you know, in a, in a traditional sort of entertainment world, when you're making content along this lines, um, I just sort of make the sounds like I'm not involved with anything else. I don't get involved with character creation, anything team related. I make the sounds, I put them in the thing and I send it to you guys. And that's the normal relationship in a lot of media. Um, and then, you know, I was like, my, my main love is the music. Like I love doing the sound design, but like my, my first love is writing the music for it. And so when I brought up, you know, that maybe we should have music, we, you guys hadn't considered it. So I was like, oh, cool. Can, can, can I do it? Um, and um, luckily you guys were on board for that. But it was so interesting because at first, like my idea of how this was going to go was very much like this is a very like sectioned off, like sort of professional relationship of just like, I contract for you guys. I send you the, th I make the sounds. I send you the thing. I don't get involved. You know, like that's sort of how like the world works for like people in my career for a lot of people. Um, I can't like speak on behalf of an entire industry, but like you um, can. I give you that permission. Oh, thank you. Um, All right. But like as things progressed and like as we grew closer, just because, you know, I, I, I like you guys like a lot. And like as it progressed, I was like, oh, I'm really getting involved with like, I just want this to do well. For everybody involved, not only do I like the story, I love the people who write it, the people who are working on it. And I was like, I just want people to like it and work on it. And I was like, now I'm like involved in like invested in it just like emotionally, which is something that I was like, not at first fully anticipating, but it was just like, I, I just love working with you guys as a team. Like at first I was just like, okay, I'll send you the things. You'll send me some notes back. I'll make some revisions. And then bingo bingo bongo we have an episode and it's very much it's not like that it's much more organic when we make it you know what i mean like we have spreadsheets i to to nora's complete and total ire we have spreadsheets but god knows half the time we don't use them 
like, I know. I'm going to murder you, like, and it'll be justified. Like, Kelly was texting me. No. I put my notes in the spreadsheet but, unless I text them directly to Josh. Exactly. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, and, like, yeah, I'm learning uh-huh. Slack. I'm getting We're there. learning. We're yeah. getting like, there. Yeah. It's one of those things. We just like, got it. It's so interesting to see, like, a team evolve. And, like, now, like, John mentioned in the first part, like, I hadn't met John up until this point. And, like, now it's just, like, I mean, like John is the primary writer on the next series that we're doing. And, like... Well, now you've met him. So I know. Relax. I love John. It's great. <laughs> and, like, it's so... It's very exciting. And it's, like, a really cool relationship as a team that I was not expecting. Like, we've just all kind of grown close. Like, we will just text memes to each other. Like, we will yeah, text work things. True. And, like, there's, like, a in between a 30 and 45% chance that it will just turn into memes. And like, as much as it's like, Oh, we're derailing for a second. Like our two hours of recording, this has proven that we just derail. Um, Cannot handle it. Like that's what makes this a little bit more real, you know, like we're making these big, but like these big, like high budget, like superhero stories that are like jets ripping over your head and huge fight scenes and full orchestra music. And then it's just like, no, it's just, five 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 dudes um just like you're an honorary dude Nora. no dude hey, is gender neutral run with it don't run hate on it. me don't start me all right in this ter- in this context dude is gen- but it's just like you've it, been duded you've been duded it's just like right. five people like we just kind of nerd out and i just kind of make some weird noises and send it to you guys and in the end we're like people listen to it um and so it's so weird to just like, even though I'm on the tail end of this to like, see what you guys have been through. Like, like, it's almost like, it's like eight years um, that like this whole thing's been on a journey. I've only been on this for like six months. Um, and like, wow. it's really yeah. weird to like, see where it's come. And I can't even imagine what it's like before, because this whole thing just sort of exists like in my head for the most part. And I'm just like, it, it, Josh, that is the whole world. I know. It's like, all, we're all fans. you're all simulation. It's a simu- It's a simulation. Um, I actually agree with you, but go ahead. Yeah. Um, but it's it's very <laughs> interesting to see like how we just sort of how things are made in a different context. You know, like a lot of the times you see like these huge superhero stories. Like when you think of like a Marvel movie, there's like 800 people in the post production department for a Marvel movie. Like, there's, like, 800 of me working on that. Um, Like, that's insane to me when there's just five of us making this. And it takes longer, but, like, when we do stuff like this, I mean, it it reminds me, like, just when we get to sit down and chat for a couple hours, like, it's so much more real and authentic in that way to me. Like, it's just a fun, nerdy superhero story that we're making because we're nerds. That's it. I'm horrified that someone made manages 800 of you but uh okay yeah uh, 800 is an exaggeration that's but my worst nightmare so generally writing is a very insular thing um and shameless plug i i have i've had two books published and so the thing about it is you sort of do this thing and you bring it to life and then you rewrite it and then you Bring, write, and then you write it again and then you write it again and you give it to an editor and an editor goes, okay, here's, here's some notes on it. Um, 
this um, certainly, especially working with Matthew and Kelly, the sort of editors are right there. And as Matthew to do a callback, um, you just sort of have to give them these words and trust that they're going to tell you, okay, what story are you actually trying to tell because you told this one and did you mean to do it? Because if you didn't, <laughs> you need to rewrite it. Um, so really for me, this is uh, this sort of um, collaboration of, of working together is, is really lovely because normally um, it's, you know, a keyboard and a computer screen and just going, I need a thesaurus now because I've used this word eight <laughs> times and I need to another one. Um, hard, hard and and um, yeah, I um, certainly, Josh, just so you know, I've been given the note on more than one occasion that I um, lack direction when I'm saying a sound or a sound effects. So I will try to correct that. The sound, you, is a sound effect. the sound you layered, the sound, it was hilarious because the sound you put in for the next series uh, that you put in the little spreadsheet were the sounds that I was working on that day. Like I, oh, I, nice. Um, I, I feel like this is, is this the, th is this the opening of it, yeah, Josh? Is this is, the beginning? Yeah. yeah. Well, I will say, I, I feel like this isn't, this isn't spoilers. I'll cut this section out if it is. Um, but like you were like, tarot cards are thicker than player playing cards. I had just gotten tarot cards in the mail because I knew they were thicker. So I was like, we are in sync. Called me about it. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. He spent <laughs> hours. That's what you want. You can leave that in. That's not spoiler enough. Hours. Yes, that's okay. Yeah. It's intriguing. Those tarot cards. Ooh, I did. I had to find the right thing. Ooh. Hours. I heard about Doctor Strange. Hours. They're doing Doctor Strange. Um, yes. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> Um, yeah, so really kind of um, sort of coming together in this trust of that person knows what I mean, can read my mind. And then you're like, uh, actually, they don't know what I mean. And they didn't read my mind, but they made it better. So I'm just going to go. That was my intent all along. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Mine is very much a, I, I, I hope you, I hope you like it. <laughs> Kelly, oh, over Kelly. to you. Didn't Kelly already go? Or did Matthew go? No, I went. Ma ah. Matthew started. Ah, you guys um, are the same person. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, uh, there's a couple of things. The, the The first thing is is that when 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 we talked about actually doing it, and I agreed to be showrunner, um, I didn't actually, and I don't know how many people do that that don't go like through a training for it. I didn't understand exactly what that would be, what that would mean. Um, I knew I would direct the actors vocally, but, but I didn't realize like it's, you're shepherding this thing along and weirdly what is interesting to see is levels of involvement at different times differ. So when it starts like in the beginning, it's, it's Matthew, it's John, <laughs> together scripting like and that's where the majority of focus is for the writers like they're creating it um sometimes i get involved in like helping break the story or not depending but then once that's done it's handed over to me we cast we record josh and then the actors are done but then it's you and i playing with with like okay what does it sound like what is the world 
How, how do we, what's the time? Sometimes stuff like what's the timing on this, on this dialogue? Yeah. Do we need to shrink it? Do we need to expand it? Yeah. And then once they start to take shape, Nora gets involved with, okay, so how are we promoting this? How are we getting the word out, et cetera? And so there's this ebb and flow. And there were times where I felt honestly like, I'm sitting here twiddling my thumbs. Uh, you know, Josh is busting his butt trying to get it ready. Nora's coming up with ideas of how we're going to promote it. John is working on like the next draft. And I'm like, I'm, I'm here. Just let me know when I need to whatever. And, and I realized that like all of us have moments of that within it yeah. where it's like, this is where it's really busy. And then I don't have much to do with it after that. Yeah. And, and that was very, once I, and that didn't click in for me until like the last month. Like I know I've been with it for six years, but, but it, it's, it didn't click in for me until I was like, Oh, it's okay that there's moments where I'm not living in this constantly that, that like I'm, you know, that it's, it's in Josh's hands right now. And, and so for me, part of it is, is that what's well, a twofold thing. Once, once the right people are in place for any project, but certainly with this one, it goes into warp speed. Like Matthew and John had the script and then I got involved and we languished like it was a law. It like, it felt like we were strolling, like we were getting stuff done, but it was just, we we're just doing this casual walk and it it's three years. And Matthew's at the point of like, I'll believe it when it happens. And I'm like, you know, I, I feel you. And, and, and like, at one point we had put it aside and been like, we will get back to the podcast when it is convenient, when it makes sense. And all of the circumstances combined, not just finding you and Nora, uh, Josh, but also, um, also the circumstances under which the world is, is in with the pandemic, all of a sudden it sort of freed things up. And, you know, the amount of work that we have achieved among the five of us in five months is faster than the previous five years. And the only difference, and this is no judgment, this is nothing to do with, you know, like everyone that's been involved, whether they are with us right now or not, have been lovely to work with and have been supportive and have done the best they could. But it it takes the right people in the right place in a team to all of a sudden make it, bam, go really fast and 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 solid. And I feel like we we found this combination you know, it, this kind of reflects what you were saying, Josh, of like everybody gets along and, and, and we like each other and, and it's a fun time, but I mean, it's reflective of like, look, look how fast we have moved in such a short amount of time. And we, we went from discussion of like, well, let's put this up, you know, here for while people are stuck at home during this pandemic to, okay, well, this has been successful. So let's go ahead and do the second one. And now this is the third one. And we've got plans for like the fourth and fifth. And then that'll get us through to the end of the year. Yeah. And then maybe we take a break and then we figure out what, the, you know, and I'm like, yeah. we've never been in, we've just never with this podcast been in that, that kind of forward motion before. Yeah. And it's, there are days where I literally kind of am like, we, we have a podcast. It's not think? theoretical anymore. It's not this thing that I've been talking about. Like, well, we're going to get it done when, you know, the, like we have a podcast out. It's, it's out in the world right now. Yeah. We did this together and it took all five of us for it to have, not to mention the six actors that were involved, not yeah. to mention the musicians. Except, I mean, but it took the five core members to like make this happen. Yeah. Um, and by the time everybody sees this, 
Wonder Woman will be done. Done. And yeah. and and for me as a director, part of the problem is is that I'm collaborative by I'm collaborative by nature. I do better working off many ideas rather than just trying to generate them myself. I can do it, but I, I find that when I'm trying to do something alone, it's it's not cre- it's not as very creative. That's why I admire John and Matthew so much. Uh, you know, and and for that matter, Josh, you and Nora as well, when you guys create solo on your own, I find that very impressive. It's not that I can't do it, but it's a lot of effort. I'm much better when there's a couple of people in the room and it's like, okay, we're trying to solve this problem. We're trying to get this done. How do we, and then all of a sudden ideas start to flow and it becomes fun. It's why I like working with actors. And so it's, it's been really interesting to see, like I've been working with the writers and the story evolves. I've been working with the actors and the performances evolve. I've been working with you as a designer and the world evolves. I've been working with Nora, like in how to promote it and the word is getting out. And so I love the fact that none of this is in a vacuum. We we are actually working as a collaborative team. It's real now. Um, and it's and it's and there's a thing. We've done a thing. Yeah. How cool is that? That's cool. So, um, uh, as far as taking it forward, I I'm not saying that this is a thing I learned that I would take forward, but I will say, unequivocally, unequivocally. Excuse. Me. No, that's right. Unequivocally. Um, it is delightful to work with a team of people that I don't have to worry about. I trust everybody here. If I say, if, if, if John says he's going to get pages by a certain date, it's going to happen. If Josh says that it can be done for this amount of money in this timeline, that is a fact. If Nora says, I think this is the way we should promote it. She has done the research. I don't have to spend my time second guessing the people around me. And I'm certain all of you have had the experience of being in situations where you were second guessing the people around you and it's a fucking drag. So, you know, thank you. You guys rock. It's great to not have to worry about stuff. And that to me is one of the reasons it moves forward. Everybody takes care of business and look how fast we move. So, so you guys rock. Thank you. Nora, did you go? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Nora. All right. You get to take us Uh, home. Yeah, just tra- do it, transition to the outro. It's uh, evolved really in an interesting way because, yeah, I, uh, Josh and I went to college together. We were friends, but uh, we've never really worked together before this. He briefly lived with me while he was finding a place in New York. Um, and then I met Kelly through an internship I had my second semester of grad school. Um and he brought me a totally different project and was like, hey, I think you can make this happen. And so that's how this all started for me. And then we were actually working on that project and on the subway home from something we were doing on that project when Kelly was like, hey, I have this whole other project. Um, and that's when that's, then I was like, exactly I, think right. I, I think I know a guy having very little idea what Josh did. Uh, I just knew that Josh was at NYU uh, and that for some reason I, I trust uh, Josh completely. <laughs> it's like, yeah. No idea uh, why. There wasn't a ton of context for you to text no, me for there that. There was no context. You know I did I the music like, and I make the sounds, but not in this context. And I just really believed in him for God knows what reason. Uh, it was just like a gut feeling I had. 
where I was just like, yeah, Josh is for some reason our dude. Uh, don't know why. Don't know what drew me to that. Like, I really, because I didn't, I didn't know anything about his work, really, besides the fact that, you know, he was at NYU doing music tech and that, uh, you know, he was a composer. And I obviously heard him play clarinet throughout the years and guitar and whatever. But I really didn't have a ton of context and not for this, because even as Josh has said, it doesn't exist. So uh, I think that's kind of how this all came to came about. And I, uh, Kelly told me very little about the podcast. It was just kind of like, I have this thing. And I was like, well, I'm on board. I don't know what it is. But I, again, trust Kelly unequivocally <laughs> for no reason uh, other than I just trust him. So I thought, I think that's kind of how it started for me. And then uh, Matthew got involved. We, we met with Matthew. And uh, then we, you know, I, I eventually met john via email and now face to face kind of um and i think it's been really interesting for my particular position because it kind of never existed like you guys were kind of like hey we need this thing to happen and we think somehow you're involved and that was just kind of like what i've been doing for the last year is kind of being involved in this i didn't know what i was supposed to be doing um marketing was never no one was ever like hey you're running the marketing <laughs> or hey you're doing and somehow now i just we have a podcast and i have a fake title that we made up um which is just the catch-all for everything <laughs> creative producer really just means whatever no one else is doing or wants to do nor is just going to take care of um, it sounds much better than gopher right it sounds much better it really does. So uh, I think it's been interesting to watch that evolution of, of kind of this podcast and also this kind of position that I'm in with it, where sometimes I'm, as Josh says, the head of marketing. Sometimes I'm producing or creative producing, whatever that means. Uh, sometimes it's just making sure that things get done and keeping a schedule and setting up meetings and secretarial work almost and assistant work. Um, so it's been really interesting to, to be involved with each of you guys independently and then as a group. So I think it's been really cool. I think going forward, uh, just really the biggest thing I've taken away from this is like kind of each one of your guys' talents and so like uh, niche spots and being able to really play off of those and work with you guys in the way that's best for each one of you versus trying to set something up for like a general group, always being able to only have five of us has been really great because we can really get into that. And so I think that's a big thing is uh, moving forward, just uh, being here to facilitate you guys in like the way that really is, is your niche kind of thing. And I'm really excited about that. Well, we're really excited too. We've got content coming every Friday still for the foreseeable yeah. future. Season two is in the works and just keep your ears open, put your buds in and don't sue us, please. Thanks for listening to another episode of the behind the scenes series for Wonder Woman Spirit of Truth. This was our final interview for Wonder Woman. Next week, we have a special episode with John's Comic Corner, where John Petrie, our writer, gives Kelly Johnston and myself recommendations on comics, and we discuss it like a book club. The following week, you'll have our new series to be announced soon. As always, you can find us on all social media platforms at, at the Superhero Podcast, and you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Superhero Podcast. Thanks for listening.
Oh, what it's an the outro. name of the podcast. What it's an the outro. name of the podcast. It's the name. Yeah. I have to. My wife is waiting for my, me. Yeah, so my, I'm just oh, yeah, so I gotta go do a thing. Um, but like,